Hi, everybody. Welcome to Saint Misbehaven, the podcast about saints from people who are not. I'm your host. My name is Matthew Shadorn, and I am joined, as always, by someone I hadn't seen in a couple of weeks, and so I miss. Took them for a pile of dirty laundry. Anna <laughs> Domini, everybody. How are wow. you doing today, Anna? I think that's a new low from you. Is it? No, I can't. Like, I'm not even taking the bait anymore. I'm just like, I can, I can see exactly where this is going. <laughs> so I'm underwhelmed by you, Matthew. That's how I'm doing today. Oh, well, that's a shame. <laughs> well, you reap what you sow, as, yeah. as Jesus might say. Well, that wasn't my best work anyway, so. It's okay. <laughs> well, I'm not worthy. Yeah, but uh, you're doing all right, Anna? Uh, yeah, not not too bad. Just taking it very easy still mm. because of, of being ill. But, uh, you know, the days are getting longer. I think I might have said that last time. <laughs> but they're still getting longer, to be fair. Yeah, so true. It's, true. <laughs> it's always yeah, true for the next, like, three, four months now. They so. keep getting longer. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. It's very good. Yeah, like, the sun couldn't stay up any longer today. Every day, you're just, like, incredulous. Yeah. You're like, Danny, have you seen? <laughs> but have you done anything saintly or had anything miraculous happen to you lately? Other than, um, you know... No, I'm not. I'm just, I was going to say, like, I, I, I told some hard home truths to a friend who wasn't willing to hear, but let's not go into that. I worked very hard on an art piece that Anna <laughs> mercilessly tore apart previous to this recording, and I was uh, very hurt. It was um, it was uh, holy levels of, of brutal honesty. I think it was just different aesthetics. Otherwise, I'm too unwell to go to the refugee welcome protest that happened in London on Monday. Mm. So instead, I donated some money to our local refugee charity, Asylum Welcome, uh, nice. who do great work in Oxford. So if you want to feel like you're doing something to counter the horrendous new anti-immigration bill that our fascist government are pushing through they're a great choice so yeah matt stick a link to asylum welcome on this week's okay. uh, bio or whatever it'll be in the description uh, for the episode i'll yeah. put a link in there so just like none of the saints we've heard about i just thought i'd throw money at a problem that's yeah. how i've <laughs> How I've Some of them throw things. money at, but they seem to throw money in the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least I didn't go. Wow, there's this shitty problem that's happening. I'll build a church. <laughs> yeah. What was the so, one guy who was just like, well, I can't use this money for a church. I'll just throw it out the window. <laughs> like, wait, um, no, you could have. Oh. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Hopefully, like, learned. He walked so I could run, although not physically, as as established. Yeah. Running is not something you can do anymore. What about you? I had a minor incident where I, I had the opportunity to turn the other cheek. Uh-huh. You had the opportunity to, but but did you? To, but I didn't take it. I fucked oh. somebody up. Oh, right. Well, uh, I'm not sure that's very slowly, but I no, want I, to uh, know what happened. I, well, I, was, I was just going down. I was walking down the sidewalk on Broad Street downtown Oxford, and some guy stopped in the middle of the sidewalk, kind of like... It, like you know there's a building on one side and on the other side there was like he stopped like right next to a, a bus stop mm -hmm. sign and so then i had to like squeeze past him by turning sideways and he had this like <laughs> he had one of those cardboard trays of mcdonald's drinks right and as i 
as I turn sideways to scoot past him, because he seemed completely oblivious to the fact that people were trying to get around him, yep. I slightly brushed my stomach against his uh, cardboard tray of McDonald's drinks. <laughs> Sorry, but that, that that in itself, like as, a, <laughs> as an aggressive move, <laughs> I slightly brushed my stomach. Again, I'm just picturing your like tummy peeping out the bottom of your t-shirt as well. It was probably a fully clothed stomach. But I like the idea that you just like pressed your hairy belly against his Coca-Cola. <laughs> just to show, it's a real alpha move. It's how yeah. I show people his boss. No, I was I was wearing a coat at the time, okay. so maybe it was sticking out a little bit further than it should have. <laughs> but I brushed again, and then uh, I said, "Excuse me," and then I looked back and I saw that like his coffee had kind of like tipped over not falling off but like kind of mm-hmm. tipped over and i stopped and i was like oh and i almost was gonna go catch it uh-huh but he seemed to have it under control and then right. he turned his face to me his his face just a mask of rage <laughs> and he was just like you fucking asshole and i was wow. like wow you escalated this way too much yeah and i said i said then I, I said i said excuse me and then i started being like you're the one standing in the middle of the fucking sidewalk <laughs> and then I, and then i just just like you know what i don't even want to arguing with this guy and i just i did this so you didn't help him find jesus <laughs> yeah he's gonna, yeah if you're listening uh thanks for please uh you know please give us a nice rating uh i didn't mean to brush into your i feel like you overreacted and if you want to mm-hmm. send me a, an email to apologize same thing this was at gmail.com but there's one in gmail and i started arguing back with him and i would i was just so ready to get into a screaming match with this guy on the street for no good reason and and then i just like immediately was just like never mind i was i had somewhere i needed to be and so i did this thing i don't know if you ever noticed this but alice notices that i do this a lot right and swooshing around i have a very dismissive hand gesture that i do (laughs) a lot and i think it i think it pisses people off because i'll just i'll just (laughs) I will end a conversation and just be like, like this, not in a, right. not mean, meaning to be rude. This yeah. one I was kind of rude. Just in a, I'm a but, checking out kind of way. But yeah, I did my patented dismissive hand gesture at this gentleman right. and walked away. Just turn back on him. And I don't think so. I've witnessed this because I think whenever we have conversations, usually you're asking for something from me for free. So. <laughs> <laughs> So I'd never feel dismissed by you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've I've never witnessed this gesture. But so you basically because it didn't turn to fisticuffs, that was you doing the saintly thing. You see, here's by the thing. being like, I don't have time for this. I'm moving on with my time, and that's just like Jesus. I carry a white man New Jersey energy with me mm-hmm. wherever I go, and the Jersey in me wanted to just yell at this dude for being in it like he was so aggressive and i just like i just felt like the the uh, the initial impulse was to match that aggression Mm -hmm. and i was just like you talking to me yeah it was so i don't know it was such a non-incident that he got so angry about it really caught me off guard i didn't even spill his coffee it was just like it was kind of knocked over it was just like the cup the lid is still on right so like no coffee spilled out yeah it was just at an angle. Okay, I think, I mean, I'm not sure this is the podcast for this, <laughs> but but I think we we can agree that he was in the wrong. Like, yeah, yeah I mean, it's it sounds like this would be a more appropriate discussion on, on the Reddit thread, am I the asshole? But I think you're not the asshole. I wasn't the asshole. In fact, no. I, I walked away from being the asshole because I could have Yeah. It initially was really willing to escalate it as much as he <laughs> I was. was. Willing I was willing to really become an asshole. <laughs> See, this is, this is like too much improv training. I was, I went in there 
there to match his energy. <laughs> right. And I was like, I was like, no, I. This is why improv is dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta, de- I gotta de-escalate the situation, and I de-escalated the situation by just removing myself from it. Well, that's very mature. I think you yeah. showed great anyway. growth. So, yeah. Oh, I was gonna so say. So turn the other cheek there. Uh, anyways. Anna. Yes. <laughs> today is March 19th, 2023. It is. Uh, happy Mother's Day, everyone who celebrates having oh, a mother. Right. It's Mother's Day. Uh, yeah, I don't celebrate this UK. Mother's Day. <laughs> I, celebrate I don't celebrate who... my mother, but that's, uh, again, an, an issue for a whole different podcast. No, I'm, I, I observe the American Mother's Day in May. So. <laughs> it's actually, it was my mom's birthday the other day, so we just kind of combine the holidays. Oh, she gets one, <laughs> one bunch of flowers for both occasions. You're doing this too much because Danny's birthday is also christmas and so you're combined you're like you're getting too much into this habit of combining well (laughs) fun fact my mum's birthday and my dad's new wife's birthday are the same day so my dad's really nailed that you know not having to (laughs) he was married to my mum for 18 years so it's like you don't want to learn a new birthday yeah so that's yeah that's very convenient I get Billy that impulse. In the family. Part of me is frankly quite surprised I didn't marry a woman with the same name as my last wife. <laughs> yeah, that that would have suited you. Just to not have to learn you. a new name like yeah. that's. <laughs> God, see, you're really similar to my dad. I didn't even mean to bring that up again. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> today is March nineteenth. Who is today's saint? Yeah. So we are looking ahead to tomorrow, which is the twentieth of March, the feast mm. day of Saint Cuthbert. Saint Cuthbert. Yeah. Have okay. you heard of him? Mm, oh, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know. Maybe I just know many Cuthberts. <laughs> They're all over the place uh, mm-hmm. here in Oxford. He's quite a big deal in the north of England. Is he now? So, yeah. Wow. He's a regular... Um... Go on. Say something offensive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of somebody who's northern and famous. Frankie Boyle? <laughs> he's a regular Noel Gallagher. <laughs> no, he's a regular Noel Gallagher. Oh, God. He's a regular... Um... What's that guy? Russell Brand. He's a regular what? Russell Brand. <laughs> he's, he's not known as Northern. He's like Cockney. I don't know, man. I don't know what this country is going on. Because here's the thing is, like, you're in Britain and you're like, oh, they're from the north. And I'm like, you mean Scotland? And they're like, no, you've gone too far north. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But too far north to get north? I just don't understand it. Yeah, but because anyways. like a whole country is the size of like one of your states. Yeah, it's like it's like you guys know you all come from the same place, right? Like, <laughs> You're all from fucking, London. <laughs> yeah, it's like this country has very little variation in it. You're all from the fucking same place. It's, it's so frustrating. <laughs> Anyways, so but yeah, wow. so the north. Yeah, this this storied region of the north. Mm-hmm. Tell me all about it. Okay, well there is basically our story. Our story begins in the north. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this research is based on the Vita Sancti Cuthberti, oh. which was composed by a, an anonymous author between 699 and 705. They're just like, you got to leave my name out of this. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, all, all the, the Gospels are anonymous as well. So, um, yeah, right. it's, it's just may- maybe, you know, this guy was trying to trying to frame Cuthbert on that level, you know. So this this is from when? Uh, so Cuthbert was around roughly six three four to six eight seven. Mm-hmm. So ten years later. Oh. oh. Uh, well, 
yeah between 10 and 15 years later so it's it's possible that it was based on his actual life yeah but the main sort of source is from the venerable Bede, who <laughs> composed uh, a life of cuthbert mm-hmm. around 716 the venerable um, Bede seems to be writing a lot of hagiographies he, he yeah he's i i mean i would say he's more like the prolific beat you know yeah it's really very much the stephen king of saint biography well i i just thought you know how like there's the notorious big this guy is the, the venerable bed that's not what he is that's weird don't do that okay <laughs> that man is dead have some respect so is this guy <laughs> so, well i don't care they're all dead so let's have a roll of respect um okay so that's a bit of context for you to okay. the the biography cuthbert was born in the 630s in um dunbar mm-hmm. which was then a part of anglo-saxon northumbria but is now in east lothian in scotland right so you know that bit on like the east coast of the uk where like parts of england are more north than parts of scotland sure because the border kind of swooshes up so i guess those borders like have changed over the centuries so you know when you said north oh so scotland like it's actually potentially the case because you know so so it's a place that used to be england but is now scotland yeah okay Um, he's scottish yeah although in some accounts not this one but another one that i read because i did some preparation today (laughs) uh you should you should be very impressed i didn't doubt you did i (laughs) (laughs) but now i am (laughs) yeah now now you're now you're suspiciously like yeah in fact maybe it was maybe b said he was born in england and then this anonymous guy said that he was born in ireland hmm to Irish royalty. So the story of that one is his mother was a princess called Saba who set Uh out on a pilgrimage to Rome and left Cuthbert on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Like between Rome and Ireland, there is the north of England. So much luggage and I'm carrying so many things with me. I guess I'll just leave. (laughs) I mean, I could get rid of my hat box, but what if there's like a fancy dance I don't know. I'll just leave the baby here. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll just do that. Yeah, I'll just I'll leave it by the side of this road, and I'll pick it up on my way back from Rome. Yeah, I'm sure no one will want it in that time. Yeah. It's fine. According to that tale, he was left in the care of Kenswith, who was a poor sheep farmer. Oh, okay, you never saw such bad sheep. <laughs> poorly farming those sheep um but in in the official research which you paid for we we just start with him being a sheep a sheep farmer so okay maybe he was born to royalty and then like riches to rags kind of tale mm. or maybe he was just you know salt of the earth type all along but in any case if we go with the not princess interpretation then he was born in dunbar okay. which i've already said right. <laughs> sorry so we're back to dunbar okay good. yeah got it all so right. a decade earlier in 627 king uh-huh. edwin of northumbria had converted to christianity along with his people so right it was still fairly a fairly new thing right Getting on the ground floor. It's like, yeah. What's this new fad? What's this thing that everybody's <laughs> Well, it. you know. know, with pyramid schemes, it's always better to get in early because then right, you're like, right. you know, one of the people actually making money off the pyramid scheme as opposed to yeah. just being exploited by it. Get in early, get out early. That's mm-hmm. what he did. <laughs> <laughs> he got out before all the crusades. You know, yeah. get out before the inquisitions and things. Yeah, but he timed it well because it it was after you know all the Roman persecutions. Right. So 
This yeah. guy's hitting that real Christianity sweet spot. It's like, <laughs> it's like everybody's chill. Christianity's still new and fun. Yeah. You know? Like nobody's... like those like happy clappy churches. Yeah, yeah. They're not, you know, nobody's making me like <laughs> pilgrimage to the Holy Land or getting tortured for getting some, figuring out when Easter was wrong or something. Like, <laughs> this is great. This is a really great time. Just everybody's just reading the Bible and chilling, you know. The, the swinging 30s as they were known, the yeah. 630s. According to Bede, Cuthbert was a lively child yeah. who enjoyed playing sport with his friends. Just oh, a classic nice. jock, you know? Yeah. Um, average day everyday kid he's like like look at this average kid he's probably never going to do anything great with his life he's just going to be just like another average dude <laughs> little do we know yeah one day god sent a sign to quote curb the sallies of his youthful mind <laughs> what to curb the sallies of his youthful mind? yeah you know when you're like a horny young man and you just think of people called sally all the time yeah 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 so, so many sallies just running through his head getting out of your system yeah the boys cuthbert and his friends were playing in a field when a small uh -huh. three-year-old child ran up to cuthbert and told him firmly not to indulge in idle play and follies but to cultivate the powers of your mind as well as those of your body <laughs> there's a lot of advice coming from a three-year-old <laughs> it's a lot of big words for someone who's three yeah. the boy then burst into tears and told cuthbert oh, that the lord had... gonna say flames <laughs> <laughs> i mean you're a father of a toddler Matthew, surely you know that they're more likely to burst into tears than oh, well, the flames. You said this was a sign from God. I thought oh, I would be like, <laughs> like, why should I listen to you, three-year-old? <laughs> yeah, that's fair oh, enough. That would, that would be very persuasive. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas tears, clearly, you know when someone like has a very emotional outburst and you're not quite sure what to do, so you'll say anything. That Maybe every time like, somebody has an emotional outburst. Yeah. And I, I've got one particular person in mind as well who we both know. Yeah. So, yeah, you know you know when someone that you don't know very well has an, an emotional outburst and you're just kind of, you, you don't really know what to say. So right. through his tears, he told Cuthbert that the Lord had appointed him as a teacher of virtue, which foretold his future post as a bishop. Spoilers. Uh, <laughs> no. He's like, I'm foretelling your future that you'll be a bishop. It's like, I'm foretelling that you'll, you'll be in a middle management position. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to so. be the Pope. Not going to be the like, don't aspire, don't over. But I could be a cardinal, I mean, a bishop, right? I, I, a bishop is, I would say, like more like a a managing director rather than just a middle manager. I don't know. I feel like it's just like because it's like you know the workers, are like the priests and nuns, and uh -huh. they a bishop. Mm, that's but no, because have... don't you have like a deacon before that? No, I think deacons like below. Aren't the deacons work for the priests? Uh, what about deacons the archdeacon? Are like lay people. <laughs> I think and... that that used to be the case, but I think now if you're a deacon, you're like a big deal. Oh, I don't know. Well, I think, but I feel like it's like cardinals are like regional managers, and then the pope, the CEO. Okay. Well, I guess it depends on the bishop as well, because like archbishops, I suppose, would be like. Oh yeah, I forgot they, about archbishops. They'd be on the board of directors, maybe. Right. But yeah, maybe maybe you're right. Maybe bishops are just either way i feel like i've made my point this is a real middle management position. <laughs> yeah but you know i thought i should interrogate it oh all right so as i mentioned as a young man cuthbert worked as a shepherd mm. one night he was tending sheep with some companions in the mountains when he saw a stream of light and a host i.e the bread of the eucharist descended to earth so the, the bread of the Eucharist is referred to as the host. Just he saw a meteor coming straight at him and he's just like, I bet that's a piece of bread. He's <laughs> in my mouth. <laughs> His head explodes. <laughs> I guess it's like the kind of manna from heaven image. I suppose so. So this, so this bread lit up the sky as it falls. <laughs> 
<laughs> a meteor of crouton. Yeah. Yeah. The More next... like a breadier, huh? Well, a meteor. Yeah, it doesn't really work yeah. in my accent work or, or yours, to be honest. <laughs> it doesn't work anywhere. Yeah. So the next morning, he learned that Aidan, the Bishop of Lindisfarne, had oh. died at the very moment that Cuthbert had had this vision. <laughs> what a weird coincidence. <laughs> so if anyone ever throws bread at you, if you're a duck, <laughs> it could be that you're foretelling Wait, someone's every death. Every time a bread gets thrown, a bishop dies. That's what they a say. A bishop loses his pointy hat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so like a position's opened up for a bishop is what we're just yes. for short. Right? Yeah. It's like the seventh century equivalent of getting a message on LinkedIn. So Cuthbert immediately decided to return the sheep to their owners and to enter a monastery. Mm. Pretty normal reaction, I'd I say. I guess so. It's like, <laughs> wait, why are you quitting your job? Sky bread? What the fuck is that? Yeah, it's a logical system. Bread right. falls from the sky, time to get a new job. I, I don't have any arguments against this, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Good luck in the monastery. Hey, in any job interview, they always ask, why do you want this job? And the answer is always, I got bills to pay, right? Right. But you always have to come up with a story that's like, you know, unusual and inspiring. And he's right. got one. Yeah, I guess so. So don't knock it. Do you think he ate the bread? Do you find <laughs> five second rule? You, do you take that to the? You take that. You show people oh, this bread fell out of the sky. Well, oh, like, it's oh. got all moldy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like by the time you get to the monastery, it's like, oh, it's kind of gross. No. Well, actually, if it was falling like a meteor, by the time it actually hit the earth, I, I know I don't know much about physics, but I do I know wait for this that it would be like a smoldering ember by the right. time it arrived yeah, that's true so you thought i was going to say something really stupid didn't no. you <laughs> just then and i wasn't wrong but yeah no it said it was, it was a factual point <laughs> anyway so in 651 he entered the northumbrian monastery of melrose under abbot eater yeah i don't know how that's spelled uh pronounced but we'll we'll go for eater a decade later a plague struck melrose and when the prior who was called Boisel. I'm <laughs> I checked that as well in case it was a typo. It's Boisel. <laughs> You're like, mm, that's not right. Let me just Google that real fast. Yeah. It's like, wow. no, 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 Boisel. Uh, Boisel. I'm going to send you the spelling of it so you, you can see why I've pronounced it that way. Hmm. <laughs> oh, Boisel. Oh, I thought there'd be, it'd be spelled like a boysil. Like, what's that? What's that? What's that boy band, Boyzone? Uh, with a Z. <laughs> yeah, see, I was like, wait, is it like boys own or is it a boy zone? Like a right. zone for boys or is it yeah. a boys own band? <laughs> well, whereas this is like, it's it's very clear that it's just boysel because it's, it's boysel. Spe yeah. <laughs> spelled no, like, okay. it's more it's more the, the oi comes from like, yeah, the oi sound comes from oi. Oi, um, oi, oi. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, so boysel, wait, who is boysel again? We got bogged down in his name. I forgot who he was. <laughs> He was the prior. Richard Pryor? <laughs> Let me just look up the official definition of prior. I know you don't expect me to know about geography, but I feel like you do expect me to know about <laughs> different ecclesiastical positions. I think it's just like the name in that particular place for the head of the monastery. So I guess like sometimes it's called an abbot. Okay. In fact, maybe maybe the abbot was like, <laughs> maybe the abbot was the regional manager. No, don't stop doing this. I think abbot <laughs> is a lateral move from priest. And the prior was the assistant to the regional manager. No, it's like priest and monk and abbot are like lateral move. It's all the same. Idea. No, 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 no. 
so because in in all the in all the saint stories where people have been abbots they've been like the head of the monastery haven't they? i suppose so but i think in this case because basically cuthbert became the prior so mm-hmm. i think it's like maybe the abbot was like the, <laughs> the head of all the monasteries in the area i.e a regional manager but so then the prior was like the head of that particular monastery anyway i'm not sure this is a particularly interesting discussion <laughs> yeah i don't think this is point this is a pretty pointless thing okay. for us to speculate about well, so yeah he was so, the prior and... yeah i guess he he was doing his monk thing for about uh-huh. 10 years and then and then he got promoted and mm. as prior cuthbert traveled through the countryside preaching and performing miracles more on that later when you ask okay. about his miracles mm. uh, in <laughs> 676, Cuthbert longed for a more contemplative life. With the abbot's permission, he moved to a solitary dwelling in Lindisfarne, which is also in Northumbria. Okay. Ah, it's an island just off the coast of Northumbria. Oh, so he he wanted a more isolated life. So he literally went to an island, yeah. Mm. He later sought even more solitude and moved to Innerfarn Island, um, which was another island off the coast There's of Northumbria. An even Northern smaller island. island. And then he moved out into a small boat. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, <laughs> he died on a plank of wood. <laughs> Just floating in the sea. Yeah, it was a very short tale. He built himself a cell from stones and turf. Mm-hmm. Its window was far higher than the floor, so that all he could see outside was the sky. Okay. Which I like. I think it'd be fun for like a, a real estate agent to try and sell. That. <laughs> like, it's really dark in here. Yes, but look at the amazing views of the sky. Of the sky, right? Yeah, it's like <laughs> creative marketing. What a great view of just clouds, space. Yeah. Well, it's especially because because it's like you know the very north of england slash very south of scotland it's just gray yeah it's not even like you know nice blue skies <laughs> i love how it's not even it's like it's not quite a skylight it's like the worst of both worlds it's like too high to be a functional window but it's not yeah. a skylight to let in a lot of light it's just yeah it's like a really high window <laughs> real pain in the ass to draw the curtains as well i think what this is is just like poor planning on cuthbert's part like he was building <laughs> and building and building he's like oh i didn't put space in for a window i was like well i guess i, I can't i don't feel like knocking down this wall well this is the thing it, it sounds like he didn't really like people anyway so he wouldn't have wanted it to be like low enough that people could see in i yeah. guess okay. so actually it's quite deliberate but yeah maybe this is why you know if you don't have any training in making a building <laughs> you right. should ask other people for help also like why did i put the door on the second story <laughs> with no stairs that was a really big that was a mistake yeah an error <laughs> can someone send me a rope i'm trapped in my own house <laughs> <laughs> but it's what he wanted you know he's trying to be isolated yeah he's isolated good thing bread's fallen from the sky for him so. <laughs> according to bead cuthbert's cell was built on dry ground with no access to drinking water oh, another I planning say, fail <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah dry ground seems like a good place to build stuff oh, and then no you didn't think about the lack of drinking water, access. The lack of drinking water. Yeah. T- cuthbert told the brethren who were visiting him that god would give them a spring and ordered them to dig in the middle of his hut <laughs> This is an excuse for him to get a basement. Yeah. <laughs> like a little rec room down there, you know, like a little place I could have like a pool table. Or but then the window get, would be even further away. <laughs> get, uh, you know, put up one of the big screen TVs, watch the game and stuff. Yeah. Because you know, he loves sports. Cave. That's a good point. Yeah, he did love sport. They dug a pit and the next morning they woke to found it full of water, which miraculously never rose high enough to flood the hut, but always provided as much water as was needed. Hmm. so the miracle of digging a hole (laughs) on an island 
It's amazing how it stayed right at sea level. I don't yeah. like It's kind of how those things work. Also, like, so he's just got like a big hole of water in the middle of his hut. Yeah, like a little feature pond for I drinking guess. from. <laughs> it's like just, you know, like here's my, where my bed is and here's yeah. my hole of water. Why uh, <laughs> well, not? My... You know how some people have like fancy baths that go in the middle of their room rather than built into the, the walls? I guess. It's just like that. I don't kind like of. that. No, fair enough. I, I, you see that. You see that in pictures and you're like, well, it looks fancy, but I didn't like just have it in your Plumbing day, wise, like, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or like what a... about like when people have big, like open plan kitchen diners where they'll have like a kitchen island in the middle and that'll have a sink in it? Same thing? No? Similar, I guess. But like. <laughs> I'm grasping here. I realize. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's the same thing. Because it's yeah. not like he has a big kitchen island. He just got a hole in the ground. On his actual island. See, here's the thing the first time you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, oh, God. you fall in the fucking hole, right? Like, this is, this is what I'm talking about mm. not a lot of moonlight coming in through that window way up there so you're like <laughs> that's a good point around. yeah all right he's laying traps for himself exactly yeah. that's what i'm saying like yeah. you've, you've, you've basically built a tiger pit in your own home <laughs> so, but, but he was never attacked by tigers so <laughs> who's winning now yeah initially cuthbert received visitors to his island mm-hmm. bead writes that he would come out of his cell to minister them to minister to them Buck naked <laughs> No, wearing a hair shirt, obviously. Oh. <laughs> Initially, Bede writes that he'd come out of his cell to minister to them and wash their feet. Oh. I'm hoping not in <laughs> hey, the water Hey, stick your feet hole. in my muddy hole. <laughs> oh. Got a muddy hole in here. You want to you get, get your feet in there? Yeah, soak them. You probably had a big trip coming over here. Come on, I will soak in my hole. No. Sometimes the brothers would insist on returning the favor, favor because Cuthbert had become so focused on spiritual matters that he often went months without taking off his shoes, <laughs> which caused him to develop problems with his feet and legs. Yeah, take your shoes you off, imagine. dude. Like, come on, relax a little. And also, like, does that mean he's not taking shoes off in bed? Like, take your shoes off in bed. Yeah, come and th- therefore when he falls in the water hole, there's going to be a whole trench foot thing going on there as well. Right, yeah. That's the thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> that does seem like they're, they're returning the favor. It's like, hey, man, you want to bathe too? You kind of... <laughs> Like maybe you could use uh, it. I'd really love to touch your feet. Yeah. <laughs> so while sometimes the only time he would remove his shoes would be annually at Easter for the ritual oh. washing of the feet. So <laughs> I washed the feet and it turns out there wasn't anything there. They were just dirt. Oh. <laughs> My feet had turned just into solid pieces of mud. And then when I washed them, they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you would not want to be the person assigned to him. For the ritual yeah, washing like, of feet. That should is... we visit him? Yeah, but not around Easter. <laughs> like right after Easter is the best time, but before Easter or at Easter? Eesh. Yeah, it's like, take your shoes off so we can wash them. Put it back, put it back. <laughs> Over time, Cuthbert became more reclusive. <laughs> Nothing to do with how bad his feet smelled. I'm I starting assume. to worry about his mental health. Like, mm. it just feels like he's, he also started hoarding. And, you know. Yeah, the irony is he had hundreds of pairs of shoes. Wow. So much newspapers. He would shut himself in his cell and spend his time fasting and praying. Eventually, he would only open his window to give blessings and wouldn't even leave the cell to see visitors. So wait, so he'd open the window and then just yell up through the window and then hopefully... Yeah. I don't know, maybe he had a little like set of steps that he'd stand on so he, he could see He got a little ladder, out. takes him yeah. up to the window. Maybe. Or, yeah, maybe like, he's... Up here, 
I'm up here. You're blessed. <laughs> Maybe he had like one of those like little megaphones. Yeah. And he had like a little stick that he could put oil on so he could annoy people. Just out the window. That's my people touching stick. I, yeah. I feel like you would have one of those if you could. Like, because yeah. you don't like touching people. So you'd, you'd have like a stick to do it for you. Nah, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not this bad. I'm not like moved to a <laughs> tiny island in a. Live with in a, a small, high-up window. Basically yeah. live in a lighthouse. <laughs> so in 684, so uh-huh. after he'd been in his little hut for about eight years, which is a synod at Twyford, which is probably in present-day Ulmuth. Okay. <laughs> Just so you know where we are. Oh, I know exactly <laughs> where that is, yeah. The synod elected Cuthbert as Bishop of Hexham. He was unwilling to leave his solitude, however. Yeah. <laughs> How did he get? How did he get promoted? His like, people is, management skills. <laughs> people management skills. He doesn't see well, anybody. This, this is this is this, this, is, is, a, thing no, this is a classic tale of when you get promoted because of what you're good at, without taking into account your actual management abilities. Right. So he was very holy. Right. But maybe not cut out to being a bishop because of the lack of people skills. Yeah, it seems like that's the thing where you're you have people who are depending on you as mm. like their manager, their you know, middle manager. Hey, do but, you need feet to run a business? I mean, no, but well then. <laughs> you know, but I, I just I feel like yeah, like this guy seems to just hate people. Yeah. So, it seems like maybe he shouldn't go into management mm. and like just kind of keep doing what he was doing, like being a monk on an island. Well, you know, growth mindset just makes us all think that we should always be, you know, extending ourselves and going outside our comfort zone. And sometimes that has disastrous results. This is going to turn into the, you know, the Peter principle? No. The Peter principle is that you, that everybody at their job is... Oh, is this like you're you're promoted to your level of of mediocrity? Yeah. 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 Because if you're good at your job, you get promoted. And if you're good at that job, you get promoted. And eventually you reach a job that you're not very good at. So you'll never get promoted past there. So everybody in every position. Yeah. Why is it called Peter though? I don't know. That's just what it's called. Right. But yeah, but the idea that everybody in their jobs is the worst. So this is like, this is basically it. He's been promoted mm-hmm. to a position that he's just clearly not qualified for. Yeah. So. And to be fair, he agreed. He was yeah. unwilling to leave his solitude. And so a large group, including King Eggthrift. Eggthrift? Visited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was an uh, eggthrifter. Steals eggs from everybody. He's a trickster. Don't let him get your eggs. He'll steal them. He'll talk you right out of them. <laughs> we should introduce him to that saint who made all the eggs up here. Oh, yeah. Don Bosco. There we go. Very well remembered. I didn't remember. Uh, that was a great episode, if you haven't heard that one from a while ago. It was like our third episode, yeah. Yeah. Back when we were mere amateurs at this. <laughs> Not like now. <laughs> Sorry. So, King Eggfrith. <laughs> visited his island to persuade him eventually he agreed but insisted that he would be bishop of lindisfarne rather than hexham wait, so i guess oh, there were two fewer things, wait, people so, sorry why is the king so invested in this He's like, <laughs> that's a good point there's no one else we can get to be a bishop we have to yeah. really go out to the island and get this guy and we got to drag the king in to yeah. like we're really serious now we brought the king so <laughs> And then also, wait, so... Kings in those days, like, England was, like, split up into smaller kingdoms, right? So Northumbria Mm. was a kingdom itself. So I guess he had a smaller catchment area to worry about. So it's it's like, you know, now when, like, MPs open shopping malls and stuff, or libraries or whatever. Or food banks more, increasingly more these days, which is very (laughs) depressing. Maybe that's what the king was for. 
at the time, you know, mm-hmm. holding the big novelty scissors to cut the ribbon. So the king was like could macromanage a lot more. There's a lot less. <laughs> yeah, he was he was more hands on in the role. Right. For sure. Right. Okay. But then, so okay, so then he said he won't be the bishop of Hexham, I guess, because it was too populated. Okay. Too busy. So I'll be the bishop swapped... of the, of just empty fields. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Can so... I be a bishop of just like this this field full of sheep? That'd be my perfect <laughs> congregation. Well, Lindisfarne was the first island he lived on, right? So it's yeah. like a compromise, I guess. It's like, fine, I'll be a bishop, but I want it to be somewhere where I, I know and don't have to try too hard. See, this is you the know? trick because the bishops all get paid the same amount. So <laughs> he's just like, I want a small bishop, Rick. And then yeah. I don't have to do as much work, but I get paid the same amount as the guys who have like the big bishoprics. Yes, exactly. So he swapped with Eta. I don't know how Eta, like... Yeah, you know, maybe Eater was a sociable guy, so yeah. he wanted to be in Hexham. He's like, wait, you want to stay on this island? Fuck, yeah. I want to be, <laughs> I've been looking to get promoted out of this fucking dump forever. So, yeah. It's like my dad used to live in a council flat in London, and mm-hmm. he swapped it with someone who had a council flat in Taunton. And I was like... Why ever would someone want to move from Taunton to the middle of London? Mm. Who can say? It's like Eater would have been like, oh, yeah, sure. Go for it. It's it's lovely. Uh, Really, really going to miss Lindisfarne. Oh, it's I mean, it's everything you want. Do you you love seagulls, right? Because it's (laughs) nonstop seagulls. (laughs) <laughs> Especially during mating season. Jesus. Oh my so god. <laughs> that took a turn. Um, <laughs> wow, those seagulls. Anyways, so he gets his island paradise. Yeah. As a bishop, he continued to live a life of asceticism and devotion to God. However, mm-hmm. so he didn't let the power go to his head. Yeah. <laughs> like now I've got a window slightly above eye level. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's you know he got where he was through his mm. devotion and religiousness, and so he's just carrying on doing what he knows. Yeah, it's, it's hey, it's, what you're good at. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, mm. right? However, two years after he was consecrated as the bishop, he returned to his cell on Innerfarn Island. <laughs> <laughs> So I guess pioneering the idea of remote working, maybe. <laughs> Perhaps. Like I could, I could still do this. It's, uh, we have the internet. It's fine. The joy of being a bishop couldn't uh, compete with the siren song of his tiny cell with its mud hole and high window. Yeah. Yeah. As he departed, a group of monks came to bid him farewell. They asked when he would return and he said, when you shall bring my body back here. (laughs) (laughs) Over my dead body. Yeah, literally like quitting your job and be like, yeah, I'll I'll do this job again over my dead body. This guy just sounds like a lot of hassle. It's like, oh, great. So now we got to handle your corpse. Thanks for nothing. (laughs) Also, I I like the idea. It's like, oh, fine, I'll do this job and then just like you know i i I can picture him on a little a little rowboat just kind of escaping (laughs) from uh this role just not having any of this yeah no exactly he just sits in his office all day just like his secretary just so frustrated like you know you have 10 appointments today he's like i don't want to see anybody i'm just gonna be here (laughs) it's like ron swanson in parks next week yeah, where exactly. like all his meetings are scheduled for March the 31st because his assistant didn't realize that that was a real day. <laughs> yeah, this is this is where he's at. He's just like, yeah. he's like, you know what? I just I can't I can't take the fast paced life yeah. of this slightly larger <laughs> island. Lindisfarne. <laughs> all the hustle bustle. Mm. I need to go back to my old cell. <laughs> <laughs> he was soon afflicted with a painful illness. So I don't know if it was to do with his feet <laughs> or, or some some other kind of. <laughs> 
He's like, I think there's something wrong with my feet. And he takes off his shoes. What like, Holy feet? shit. <laughs> just a oh, gnarled yeah. mess. Just like rotted flesh. Like, yeah. <laughs> I see where the problem is here. Probably too late by that point. Monks yeah. visited him to ask for blessings, but he refused to accept their help when they offered to care for him. So he's he's really too far gone at this point. Yeah. Bede writes that a priest named Herifrid washed Cuthbert's feet and gave <laughs> him some wine. <laughs> when Herifrid asked how Cuthbert had survived without food, the hermit showed him five onions which he'd been gnawing on whenever his mouth felt dry. <laughs> Um, Classic monk diet. Ever getting a bit peckish? <laughs> I mean, here's the thing: is like mm-hmm. God created the earth, right? Yeah. This is what these these people believe these that God created the that, earth yeah. and everything on it, and everything that is beautiful and wonderful. God has that is a gift from God. Mm-hmm. And to go out of your way to just chew on fucking onions, mm. it feels like maybe it's an you insult. The point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Have you maybe. seen that YouTube video of the toddler that like starts eating an onion because he's convinced it's an apple and his mum's like, you, do, you really don't want this. <laughs> he's like, I want the apple. And he starts chewing it and you can tell he really hates it, but he's so like toddlery that he just carries on chewing. Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, compelling viewing. That's everybody. That's, that's <laughs> life, man. You think it's an apple and you just gnaw on that onion. Trying there to convince yourself it's an apple. Ain't that just life? Yeah. Wow. So Cuthbert really was, you know, the everyman in that mm. sense. He eventually agreed to allow some of the brothers to stay with him during his last days. I guess, like, when you realise that the end is near, you're like, fine. <laughs> Time to give in. Oh, it's actually quite pleasant to have people around. Oh, I've wasted my life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, people aren't so bad after all. Oh, well, guess I'm dying now. This is, I say, I just have a little little conversation it's so pleasant i never knew oh no <laughs> but why did i spend so much time here yeah and i chewed up so many onions <laughs> and my feet are so horrible <laughs> he made a terrible mistake yeah. bead mentions that one of these men who was staying was a monk named wolstod who had long suffered from violent diarrhea and could not be cured by his <laughs> the physicians why is that funny matthew <laughs> I, uh, I was just like whoa I, just I guess it's fun. a very personal detail to include. Like, we know nothing else about this guy. Yeah. <laughs> there he goes. Shitty Wallstod. Yeah, it's like, I feel bad for Wallstod that, like, history remembers him as the guy with the trots. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's... There are all these saints and all the, mm. the miracles and, and great deeds they do. And then it's just like, and then this guy. Shit, his he pants. had the shits. Yeah. Those monk robes weren't brown when he put them on. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Oh dear. You're going to a guy who eats five onions and that's his, his only food for, for advice on how to make your body healthier. Yeah, I'm going to say, it's like, yes, I too have uh, <laughs> terrible diarrhea. Well, then it's maybe probably... that's it. Maybe his, his diarrhea was like even worse than everyone else's. Yeah. Cuthbert was like, oh, you have the onion squirts too? Yeah. <laughs> what a lovely image. Mm. I hope no one's listening to this while they're eating. Eating onions? I do too. Mm, I hope nobody out there is just Well, actually, I know one of uh, of my friends who I know does still listen is allergic to onions. So this one's for you, Kate. (laughs) (laughs) You'll never miss them again. Good good luck with your journey, Kate. (laughs) So shitty Wolstod couldn't be cured by physicians. But Uh for his religious merit and prudent conduct and grave demeanour, he was thought to be worthy to hear the last words of this man of God, which I, I think his grave demeanor was because he just had a tummy ache all the time. Yeah. During the whole time he was trying to do his 
last words? Was it just drowned out by the sound? Of his... <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm sorry. What was that? Can you please go on a bit? Bet your blessed are the. I can't believe this is what we've descended to <laughs> now. There's one thing I want you to know above all else. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Cat, why why did you pick this saint? <laughs> oh no. I feel like I feel like we should have seen this one coming. <laughs> mm. That you would respond in a typically mature and sensitive fashion. Me? Well, yeah. I, don't know. I blame Cat for this. Actually, maybe. What was yeah. I supposed to do? This is entrapment. Cat, <laughs> you clever bastard. Uh, <laughs> She got us. She's getting a message. <laughs> so soon before he died, the last thing Cuthbert did was miraculously healed Wallstot. So oh, actually, may- maybe it was just so that his last words could be heard. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Was like... <laughs> like... Well, he's like, he was trying to give him his last words and Wallstot kept running out to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> so Cuthbert had initially asked to be buried on his island after his death, but the uh-huh. monks persuaded him that his body should instead be taken to Lindisfarne. So, you know. He upgraded to a slightly bigger island. I don't know. I don't see why. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why don't they just push him in the mud hole and then fill it in? Like, <laughs> he wasn't even dying. I mean, he was only like fifty something. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. So actually, the real story is this band of monks just went and murdered him. Anyway, well, you said you wanted to be buried here. <laughs> you didn't specify alive. We came to visit you because we thought you were going to die, and we're not making two trips. So. <laughs> In you go. On his final day, Cuthbert gave the monks about how to live uh, advice about how to live a holy life and spent the night in prayer. At the mm. evening service, he passed away after receiving the Eucharist. So, you know, bread was at the start of his holy life and right at the very end. Oh, it's more, it's like he's a Saint sandwich. He's got bread on the <laughs> Yes, very much so. So, yeah. He was originally buried in Lindisfarne, and according to Bede, his body was discovered to be uncorrupted after nine years, Mm. which led to a cult sort of growing around the the saint. Not a particularly intense one, but just, you know, the normal saint's cults of the time. In 875, there was a body... uh, Sorry. A body? There was a Viking raid, and his relics were moved. And there's various tales about, like, how far and wide different bits were (laughs) spread during this move and fun fact it's believed that he got as far as Kukubri which is the town that my family in Scotland is from Uh, and Kukubri means Church of Cuthbert but there's no evidence he actually ever went there when he was alive so it was like the cult already existed and when they were trying to find a place to hide his bones the monks who were looking after him probably went to lots of different places along the like southern scottish border that that would have had shrines to him so it was like the the church preceded the bones in this case but eventually in uh, 995 so 100 years of (laughs) traveling bones the relics were translated to Durham, where William the Conqueror visited them in 1096, and later they were moved into Durham Cathedral. Wait, why um, did you visit them? Uh, Just to say hi. Yeah, yeah, like, you know. Hi, I'm doing a health and safety check for St. Cuthbert. Oh, no. <laughs> we are way too behind in this list. <laughs> we're only in the seas, too. Oh, my God. Sorry. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, fair enough. He did the the doomsday book, didn't he? he was trying to yeah. trying to get everyone listed there. So yeah, he was moved to Durham Cathedral, 
where in 1104 the coffin was opened again and Cuthbert's body was found to be still uncorrupted and sweet-smelling. Um, <laughs> he smelled better in death than in life. Yeah, <laughs> didn't right, go like... near his feet. <laughs> hey, get away from this guy, not the foot end. <laughs> that in is pretty neurotic, but the rest of them is pretty... I mean, as far as corpses go, well, yeah. you gotta admit, this guy smells pretty nice. Jimmy, have I told you once, I've told you a hundred times, do not smell the bodies. It is weird <laughs> and you're freaking everybody out. But they're, they're saints. Cuthbert's shrine at Durham was a major pilgrimage site during the Middle Ages. Oh, nice. Then, during the Reformation, Henry VIII sent men to destroy the tomb, because he hates Catholics, <laughs> is my understanding. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Seems like a weird thing to put on your to-do list. Like, and, and you know that tomb that's in Durham? Yeah, just fuck it up. I don't know. <laughs> it smells nice, but, you know, I hate those guys. No. It's mm. a real eyesore, yeah. yeah. Um, according to Archbishop Charles of Glasgow, writing mm. during the 19th century, they found Cuthbert uncorrupt, his beard as of a fortnight's growth. Wait, he grew a beard in death? Yeah. Well, oh. so this is the thing. Apparently your your nails and hair keep on growing for that's a bit after you die. No, it what? is. And that's that's why there was the vampire panic. Because no, what happens is your your skin recedes. Oh, okay. As you begin to decompose, so your it skin looks recedes like... and the hair comes mm. out more. The okay. nails seem to grow longer, but it's more that your body. Your is fingers are getting shorter. I see. <laughs> but yeah, so but it just seems like he was just like you know I'm looking for a, I'm going to go with a different look in death. <laughs> I think a beard would make me look distinguished in death. Yeah. Yeah. Also, a fortnight's growth. It's like it's not it's not a your classic bushy beard at that point. It's no. still quite patchy. This is like a fortnight's growth. Like, and I've and you look like shit. I do. <laughs> It's one of those patchy, nasty beards, folks. Yeah, where it's like clearly not deliberate. No, um, it's like it's a it's a worrying length of beard because like mm-hmm. if it was a little bit shorter, you could be like, oh, you know, he's maybe going for a sexy stubbly thing. Or if it was a yeah. little bit longer, it'd be like I was growing a beard. Yeah, but this length, it's like he it's just like he needs to care take of care of himself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I if think he... suits Cuthbert really. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, this is yeah, this is the look. It's just like that guy clearly hasn't showered in like a week. Well, mm. probably longer. Let's be yeah. real. I mean, that's what people say when they see me. You right, know, I like, see. Yeah, that that yeah. makes sense. They're like, I think he's been wearing that shirt every day for at least a fortnight as well. Anyways. Yeah. So the monks then buried him under the ground at the site of the destroyed shrine. That's generally where people get buried. Mm. Under the <laughs> they buried him in a tree at first and they were like, wait, this, isn't this doesn't look right. <laughs> oh, into the ground. That's what we were forgetting. Yeah. Um, in 1827, the site was opened again and a skeleton was found wearing decayed robes. <laughs> I like the image. Like, you know, you make like someone's made a scarecrow out of this skeleton. Yeah. So he was incorruptible, but not permanently. Yeah. Like it was I just, guess so. He was only incorruptible for a few hundred years. And then, yeah. know, then all bets are off, I guess. I don't know. Exactly. But I guess by that point, you know, he was already revered as a saint. So you can't argue with that at that point. No take backs. It's crazy that when we get to like easily recordable history, history. no incorruption. Anymore. Mm? Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is, that's a wild. I don't know what you're trying to insinuate there. I don't, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying that's a weird coincidence that like yeah. modernity somehow made him incorruptible or mm-hmm. seems to coincide with him being incorruptible. Yeah. Know. Well, it's curious. It's curious. Anyway, so I'm guessing you want to hear some of these miracles. I would love to hear. 
that were teased earlier. Yeah. Bede's life as St Cuthbert is filled with accounts of miracles that the saint performed both during his life and posthumously. Uh. Whilst Cuthbert was staying at a monastery in Kaludi. Do you want to know where that is? Okay. Yeah, Australia? Sounds Australian. It, it does sound a bit Australian. <laughs> like that other place you said, Kukubri, I was like, that's Australian, right? No, no, no. It's 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 spelt like Kirk Cudbright. <laughs> Because okay. Kirk nonsense, means church. But, 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 yeah. Anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, what? So what happened here in this Australian place? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what happened? I was just trying to find it, but I couldn't. He would go out at night to pray. A monk followed him one night and saw him go into the sea until the water was up to his neck and stay mm. there until morning, praising God. When dawn broke, he returned to shore and two otters came out of the water to dry him with their fur. So I think the miracle here is that the otters that were already wet because they were in the water dried him. Well, uh, yeah. But like, well, there's a lot of miracles going on. First off, he stood in the ocean all night. which All night, yeah. Which seems, number one, boring and number two, like... <laughs> The Very miracle difficult. was that he was failed to be bored. Yeah. Also, he had to like keep moving if the tide's coming in or out. You know, like. <laughs> That's a good a good point. Besides that, but the thing about otter fur is it's it's such high density. It keeps the otters from getting wet. It's like, mm-hmm. so actually it's... Wouldn't make a very good towel. No, it would be make... Well, they would be dry, but I guess they wouldn't absorb. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the logistics <laughs> of... Also, it just seems weird. Like, is he just like got an otter? He's just rubbing it on his body. Oh, God. He does that thing where he like dries his back by holding both ends of the otter and rubbing <laughs> him on his back. <laughs> Getting his shoulders yeah. in there. Rubbing him on his taint. There's some parts of your body you shouldn't put to an otter. I feel like that's especially Cuthbert's feet. Yeah, the feet. Well, yes, definitely Cuthbert's feet. But I feel like once you put your genitals to an otter, it feels rude. I mean, I I would say that in that situation, you drip dry. Yeah, that particular part. I feel like um, you do, you do a little dog like a shake it out like a dog. Yeah, and then uh, go on with your business. Yeah, indeed. Also, why is this monk sneaking out and following this guy? <laughs> Like, what did he think he was up to? There's been a series of robberies ever since the St. Cuthbert got here. I'm going to follow him tonight. I shall investigate. No, but maybe he was just inspired by his holiness. So he thought, I wonder what he gets up to at night. Mm. You know, going to be inspired. Then just ask. If you're inspired by somebody, I feel like if you're inspired by holiness, you don't have to slink around in the middle of the night. Like, well, except people can be very coy, can't they? It's like, like what's the secret to your holiness, St. Cuthbert? I'll never tell. Yeah. Well, like, you know, Jesus, when he was interrogated and he was like, I am who I am, you know, it's mm. mysterious, whereas actions sometimes speak louder than words. I guess so. so <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Maybe he got into the water and he knew the guy was on the beach watching him. He's like, I don't want to get out because then I'll see me naked. <laughs> if I hold this otter over my penis <laughs> <laughs> poor otter there are several stories of God miraculously providing Cuthbert with food on his travels oh, on a nice. preaching journey Cuthbert and his attendant became tired and hungry Cuthbert told his companion that they need only trust in God and then pointed to an eagle saying it is possible for God to feed us even by means of that eagle <laughs> Which the eagle heard that and was like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> oh, what? Now this is my problem? Fuck. That is, fine. <laughs> well, they came to a river and the eagle had landed on its bank and was holding a fish. The boy tried to take the fish, but Cuthbert rebuked him, ordering him to cut it in half and share it with the bird. That's, fair. That's the miracle, is bird bought them a fish. Right. Okay. Are you not impressed? 
or they ambushed a bird and they start they startled a bird who was about to eat a fish. And he dropped his fish. <laughs> and he dropped his fish. Yeah. Yeah. That that's one explanation. Sure. And then they were like, "Here's a fish head, bird. Fuck off." <laughs> yeah. They actually just threw it at him. They were like, "This yeah. is just like that time someone threw bread at me." He also is said to have turned water into wine, which is a bit derivative. Been done, but yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> it's it's been done, but then if you saw it done in person, you'd still be really impressed. You'd still be impressed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like he's when he's like you know you've seen people do card tricks but like when somebody does them like in front of you you're like wow that's pretty cool fair fair play yeah yeah he also once witnessed a fire that people couldn't put out with water and he extinguished it with his tears so you know keeping calm in a crisis that's probably how i'd put out a fire it's like we are fucked i'm gonna cry now i guess it feels like yeah he's not good in a crisis situation because he just like burst into tears (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then it's just like very relatable flicking his tears at the or i don't know maybe he was just crying and they put out the fire and they're like you did it cuthbert (laughs) that's probably more like you feel better now buddy come on it's all right you you did it you did it okay come on you you were great you did great there you were you were part of the team you did it man and we couldn't have done it without the extra moisture from your tears (laughs) he clearly needs a win you're you're quite a skeptic aren't you about these miracles i don't know why i bother (laughs) how much like i don't know his tears like how much is either is like there's a huge volume of tears or well he's eating onions all the time right there so all right you know what? <laughs> he can make them come back. easily you've got me you, you, you know what you did forget that detail you nailed me there got it yeah <laughs> so that is cuthbert and his life and death and miracles so and what do you think his patronages are is he patron saint of the north <laughs> yes <laughs> the vague north era like well he is patron of Northumbria. Oh. So, kind of. He's also said to be patron of Durham, Lancaster, Hexham, and Newcastle, which are all in the north of oh. England. Hmm. I'll look that up later, but okay, I'll take your word for it now. <laughs> uh, he's also said to be a patron of England as a whole, oh. which is controversial because England wouldn't have been England at the time. Right. And also, England's kind of in the north. <laughs> It's kind of yes. fur- it's further north than a lot of things. When that's you think about true. It. That, yeah. That's true. We we only have a milder climate than the U.S. because of the Gulf Stream. Yeah. Um, so it's, when you think about it, all of England's the north. Yeah, really. that's a good point. So yeah, synonymous really. Yeah. Any any other guesses? Is he the patron saint of middle managers? <laughs> no, but I guess like you know most most of these saints that we hear of would have been in in middle management approximately. So yeah. it's nothing special really about him on that one. No, I mean some of them. I don't I don't know some of them were just happy to, to do the, the day-to-day work you know yeah true we can't all be leaders some people yeah. have to be followers that's true that's what's great about you is he the patron saint of mud pits <laughs> well it's not on my list but okay. he is against plague ec- epidemics so maybe if you're like looking at you know homeopathic cures then mud pits might be might come under that mm, somehow none of that tracks okay I'm, is he... I'm trying, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm trying to make you feel better about your terrible guesses, okay? I don't need your pity. Is he the patron saint of hiding on islands? He is a patron of boatmen, mariners, and sailors. So, kind of, maybe? Mm. Just about um, yeah, tenuous. I mean, them, they might want to hide out on an island. I mean, like, yeah. you know, what are mariners except for people who just they escape to the sea? Yeah. They, just, they don't want to be... And that's the thing, I guess, like, if you're on an island, you're near the sea the whole time. Mm. Makes, Makes sense. Mm. 
Except for this island. We are nowhere near the sea. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're right in the middle of the island, to be yeah. fair. Is he the patron saint of people unqualified for the jobs they have? Just, you know, he was like, he, they made him a bishop, and he's just like, I don't, I'm not, I shouldn't yeah. do this. Again, I feel like we've encountered this before in a site. <laughs> it doesn't yeah, we have, mark him out. It's definitely happened before. It's definitely happened. Yeah. That, like people are like, "Who should we get to run this abbey? This hermit? Okay, <laughs> this guy who uh, who obviously he does literally not doesn't want to be around people. Being yeah, around people. We should put him in a in a building with a bunch of people. Perfect. Finally, is the patron saint of gross feet? <laughs> it's not on the list, but oh, well. I think it should be. What are his patronages then? So, against plague, epidemics, boatmen, mariners, sailors, shepherds, watermen, England, and various parts of North England. But Northumbria mm. is the only one of which he is the sole patron. So, oh. that's his main one. Well, good for you, Northumbria. Yeah, the vast area of the North. Oh, God, I've probably alienated all our Northern listeners now. Um, it's fine. They know where they live. <laughs> I get, but by the end of this podcast, we're going to have, like, upset everyone everywhere. All yeah. at once. That's the... The plan. We're controversial figures. Mm. If you can't handle it, I don't know. Please yeah. listen anyway. We really appreciate your support. We didn't come here to make friends. <laughs> Anna, do you think you'd ever have St. Cuthbert intercede for you? Or well, you as someone who has struggled with their personal hygiene in the past, <laughs> I don't think he's a very good role model. <laughs> no, no, I was going to say, that's not... Like, really taking suffering for your art too far there. Yeah. What else i mean sometimes i hate people like i just want to get away although at the moment because i'm like a lot more limited in the socializing that i can do i'd probably Mm. go the opposite way and say i want to spend more time with with more people so yeah well with his crisis management skills Mm. i'd say that they are it's encouraging you know in a way as someone who's also (laughs) mediocre to know that people can, you know, rise to such great heights. And, and he yeah. was a very popular saint, you know. I, I'd like to be well-loved by people after I die. Sure. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I'm not getting why he's such a, like, popular saint. Doesn't really, I'm really getting a lot. No, I guess he was just very dedicated to his, his hobby. I guess. In, a, in an inspirational way. I mean, I feel like I'm often thirsty. So maybe if I had to, like, <laughs> if I got an onion... Chewing. Yeah, that's the thing. And like the onion chewing, I mean, it's impressive, I would say. I guess. I don't in know. A, There's, there are these, they're Vidalia onions. Mm-hmm. Onions from Walla Walla, Washington. Right. Not Western Washington, which are so sweet that you can apparently eat them like an apple. Ah. But um, I've never put that to the test. <laughs> but they're not known for being for growing in Northumbria. <laughs> yeah. No, I think these are these are just crap middle-aged apples. <laughs> or uh, middle-aged onions. Yeah, I uh, I think that, yeah, if I ever had to eat an onion, it's a good it's a good uh, guy to, to help me get some advice on that. For sure. You'd probably just be like, you got to power through it, dude. Nothing to it but to do it. There's not a trick. You just got to eat that onion. Just got to keep going. And you got to pretend it's an apple. And that is, that's life, folks. As we've said before. <laughs> when trying to make... life gives you onions, make apple aid. That's the saying <laughs> When goes. life gives you onions, just fucking choke them Chew down. Them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this, save your tears know. for putting out fires. It's just St. Cuthbert's over there just shrugging his shoulders like, I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very relatable, really. No, uh, apparently, Alfred the Great was inspired and encouraged in his struggle against the Vikings by a vision he had about Cuthbert as well. Oh, so that probably contributed to his popularity. That's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, um, I think also, you know, like the idea that my crying could do more good. <laughs> yeah, you don't want that to become popular knowledge because then people will be even meaner to you. <laughs> I, maybe, yeah. But I just like, you know, those two t- those times that you do like burst in tears, there was just like a random, extremely good outcome from that. Like, yeah, that would be A fire nice. gets put out or like, I don't know, a task, some other task gets like it's a very frustrating task and I cry and it's like, oh, and no, it's done. Ooh, thank God for that. Uh, that was <laughs> well, Anna, uh, thank you so much for bringing me the tale of this uh this stink-footed <laughs> traveler you know i think it's inspirational because despite hating people he seems to have done very well professionally yeah and that's all i've ever wanted for myself yeah so is <laughs> somehow convince people to think you're a good dude even though you hate them yeah fair enough i think that's what i that's what, i think that's that's really the the real takeaway from this for, you know, thank you for, for thank sure. you for bringing that information to us today <laughs> you are very welcome have a blessed day thanks you too. bye, bye. bye.